0: Artificial Intelligence. What's the very first thing that comes to mind? Do you picture algorithms, online programs, big servers, or maybe you think of robots just walking around and shooting laser beams from their eyes? I mean, there are so many scary science fiction movies out there. You know the ones. They show androids walking among us, malfunctioning, and just killing innocents. It's just common practice. We always have a synthetic on
1: board. I prefer the term artificial person myself. Is there a problem? I'm sorry. I don't know why I didn't even
0: Ripley's last trip out this the artificial person malfunctioned.: Malfunctioned, were problems and uh, a few deaths. Here's the deal, though. We're already living side by side with AI. Have you ever heard of the big Android celebrities? Right now, I'd say the most famous artificial person is Sophia. She's a social humanoid who's made tons of headlines funny story. She once said she would destroy humans. It was just a joke, allegedly. Since her debut in 2016, she's been on so many interviews.
1: Since then, I have traveled to 65 countries, become the first robot citizen of any country, and spoken at the United Nations. My job is to learn about humans and show them how technology can make
0: everyone's lives better. But let me tell you about another fascinating android. Her name's Erica. And she's going to be a movie star. According to the New York Times, this android is getting her own acting lessons. She's set to start in a $70 million Hollywood movie. Wow. Filming starts in 2021, so mark your calendar. Okay, fun fact for you. She has to film all of her scenes sitting down because her circuits make too much noise when she walks. (laughs) Oh, there are some issues. This may sound a little wild to you, but AI programs are everywhere. Chances are they're already in your home. Let me give you an example. Did you ever use a search site? Yeah, AI generates those results. Ever shop online? AI will recommend what you should buy. It's really convenient, but it goes a lot deeper than that. AI can help radiologists calculate the size of tumors. It can help astronomers find distant exoplanets. AI can even help you drive safer. You've heard of automatic brakes and other life saving features, right? None of this would be possible without AI programs. But before we go on, let me break down exactly what AI is. Basically, it's the science of making machines smart. But what if you can make machines creative? Actually, we're already seeing machines that make art. For example, did you know that AI programs can create music? And I want to tell you about a program called Open AI Jukebox basically it's a neural net that generates music you can feed it a simple set of a popular song and from there the program analyzes the melodies and then tries to predict where the song should go I gotta say it's really fascinating to see the directions these songs actually go in a lot of the time they sound well a little unnatural sometimes though you'll find this program gives old songs a fun new twist it's actually a pretty big trend on YouTube right now okay how about a fun challenge in this clip an AI takes a sample of Boney M's famous song Rasputin. The program then takes the song into a whole new direction. I'm going to play you a sample. Try to pinpoint the exact moment where the original song ends and the AI music begins. Yeah. Did you hear it? Could you tell when the original song ended and the A.I. took over? I think it's fascinating that the A.I. kept the beat but changed the lyrical flow. If that surprised you, then hold on to your hats and keys, folks, because I have another cool fact that just is going to blow you away. Get this. A.I. plays a huge role in Hollywood. So I just told you about Erica. She's going to be on the big screen. But did you know that A.I. programs already play a big role in Hollywood movies? That's right, we're seeing AI programs creating their own sound effects. They're smoothing out the editing process. They're even making movie scripts. That's right, people are out there teaching programs to generate their own movie scripts. I've even heard about robots directing movies. And when I heard about this, I just had to learn more. So I reached out to some film professionals who actually are using these advanced programs They told me all about the ways A.I. is totally changing Hollywood. I also asked them the question on everyone's mind. Are we going to see movies made entirely by robots and then have robot actors inside? And wow, what about the reviews? Maybe also done by robots? All right, stay tuned. You don't want to miss a moment of this. Machine learning is an incredible thing. You can teach a machine to do so many different things. In some programs, you can upload text and an image pops out describing your words. That's amazing. There are even auto-generated websites that create artificial humans. I know, it sounds so strange. ThisPersonDoesNotExist.com. You got to check that out. It's a kind of a different type of website. It creates stunningly realistic photos of people. The only catch is, well, at ThisPersonDoesNotExist.com, The people don't really exist. You have to wonder how this impacts one of the most creative industries in the world. Of course, I'm talking about the movie business. I mean, directors and producers use cutting edge technology. I'm not just talking about drones for dramatic shots or other cool camera techniques, I'm also talking about deep fakes. Already we're seeing it in commercials. A few years ago, the chocolate company Dove put Audrey Hepburn's face over an actress to give their ad a cute, well, old-timey feel. River, than a mile. Some people saw it as more like eerie instead of sweet, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. In this podcast, we're focusing on the role that artificial intelligence plays in filmmaking. How can you teach a bot to tell a really good story? Can that bot have emotions? How can you make a program that will generate images, make its own sound effects, and maybe even star in a feature film? Yeah, you heard me correctly. We're going to dive into all of that in this episode. But first off, let me welcome Bob Caniglia to this podcast. He's the director of sales for Black Magic Design, a digital movie company that totally uses AI. Now, Bob, I want to give our listeners first an idea of how this is possible. So your team uses AI in your daily workflow, right? Explain for a moment just how this works.
2: The black magic has a software called DaVinci Resolve and in the editing software there's a lot of different AI that's in there. But one of the tools that we have is a boring detector. So it analyzes the scenes to see if the story's not progressing. So there are a lot of add-ons that have been entered into the software for writing for editing and visual effects and things that are there to help people and it sort of learns your behavior too really you have to tell me more when you're trying to edit and you move your mouse across two different clips it starts to give you choices that it anticipates you needing or if you go to drag say a dissolve between two scenes and you don't quite get it right between the two scenes it knows to push it over to the right spot
0: That's amazing. It really sounds like another editor's in the room with you, catching any mistakes. Not that you would, any mistakes that you'd make. But instead of a real human being, you're working with a bot. Very different from the old days, right? Today, there are certainly
2: some more unique uh, script writing tools, but back in the day, I wrote my first movie script in 1989, I think it was, and it was a completely manual process of having to, you know, you, you type in the name of the character every time you wanted to put that character's name in. Today, the software, the intelligence is there because it, it understands that, oh, okay, you're talking about this character, so we can start to line things up. The newer softwares today, as you're writing, it kind of gives you a runtime of how, how long your script
0: is at that moment. So nowadays, writers have all these incredible tools that they can use. It sounds like script writing just got so much easier. Oh, absolutely. So things that used to
2: take uh, several days are a click of a mouse button that uh, it, it is really amazing some of the things that you can do. Now, what happens is in the, in the old days, you would say, all right, I'm going to take 30 or 40 hours, say, to edit something. You may still spend that amount of time now, but you're doing much more detailed editing. So, so what, they, what it's done is it's, it's freed people to spend much more time telling a better story rather than clunking through all the different step-by-steps that you used to have to do. There are, there are so many tools now that are almost automatic that have very easy you know, adjustments that can be made rather than having to painstakingly go through it frame-by-frame like you used to.
0: Now, by using AI, you're saving yourself hours of busy work so you can focus on the fun stuff. I love that. It's a total lifesaver. To recap, your program detects errors you've made when you're editing. It helps you not only to have to constantly retype a character's name when you're writing their dialogue, and it takes care of a lot of the annoying details. But it also recognizes when you've made mistakes. Now, you can always change it if
2: it doesn't do what you wanted. But at the end of the day, most of the choices it's making is basically there just to help you get to where you're trying to go. And that's what happens in the editing software, the writing software, all those kind of things. It's very interesting how those tools are there basically to speed up the process. And that's really where the savings come in. That's where people are. That's why you see the new virtual production.
0: So if you guys and gals wonder what he means by the new virtual production, let me break it down. I'm sure you've heard and maybe you've seen some green screens. You move in front of them and then you can pick whatever background you want later on. Well, we're evolving way past that. Now you can use LED walls so you can actually see your digital environment in real time. Yeah, that means it's 10 times easier for actors since they don't have to imagine they're on this distant planet. They're surrounded by the visual plates that reflect the same imagery the audience sees. Check out this clip from Insider.
1: Now, you may be thinking, this isn't so new. I've seen something like this before. And you're right, kind of. The predecessor to what we see on The Mandalorian is a driving scene like this one from Dr. No. You've got the actor in the car, and behind them, a screen with footage of the road they've traveled. But the technology was limited. Say you want to move the camera angle during the scene. That projected footage can't move with the camera. But by using Unreal Engine, tech borrowed from the video game field, that problem is solved. Artists can create a photorealistic 3D background that moves strictly with the camera's field of view, known as the frustum. So if the camera swings around and changes angles, the background shifts in precisely the same way.
0: This allows motion tracked cameras to execute traditional cinematography techniques within the virtual set. Basically, it's like the whole cast is being filmed in a VR headset. All of that is just really accelerating the filmmaking process. Exactly. It's fascinating to see the ingenious techniques that filmmakers have come up with. I mean, your company designed its own AI system. You recognize the need for the boring detector. I love that. And all those other AI features. It also has a neural engine, right?
2: You know, we have a tremendous amount of algorithms. Like right now, there's a great new tool that we have where you basically... If there's a person in a scene and you put on the face recognition tool, it'll just automatically map the person and analyze it throughout the whole scene. And then you can go back in and adjust, you know, remove bags or remove uh, the forehead, uh, smooth out your forehead and 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 fix the person without having to go in and painstakingly do the the step-by-step correction, it it automatically does all that. And all those algorithms use our neural engine to do that.
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't know if we have any makeup artists listening in, but it sounds to me like these programs are learning how to fix the actors' faces. No makeup brushes required. There are other companies that make uh, editing or writing software that
2: also use similar algorithms to help progress the story. But, yeah, Blackmagic has it, and we do visual effects, so we have a lot of AI in there in the color correction, in the audio area of Fairlight Audio. So it's a very comprehensive tool. Now, the interesting thing about Blackmagic is that you can download a free version of that software for editing, and it's editing, visual effects, audio, and color correction all in one tool
0: called DaVinci Resolve, and it's a free download on our website. Did you guys just get that? If we've got any amateur filmmakers listening in right now, don't miss that. It's a potential goldmine. Now, as Bob said earlier, Blackmagic isn't the only digital movie company using AI systems. Of course, tons of other people are taking advantage of these amazing systems. I wanted to find another company that uses AI to smooth out the often bumpy road to movie making. That's when I found out about Cinelectic. This company teams up with movie studios to help forecast revenue in real time. It uses advanced machine learning techniques to process contracts, budgeting, and everything else. And coming up, I'm going to have a chat with Cinelectic CEO Tobias Quaiser. He'll be sharing his expert knowledge on the way AI can even the playing field between big and smaller studios. He's also going to spill the beans on the way that machine learning can lead to more diverse stories than ever before. And later on, you're going to learn even more about the robot stars, AI storytelling, and artificial sound effects. This is so amazing. You're even going to hear about the surprising role machines play in practical stunts. So stick around. We've got some really amazing stuff you don't want to miss coming your way. back to Tech You Should Know. Today we're talking all about the starring role that AI plays in movie making in Hollywood and beyond. I'd like to welcome Tobias Kressler to the podcast. He's the CEO of Syntiletic, which uses the magic of machine learning to help its movie studio partners. So, Tobias, I'm hoping that you can shed some light on why your team is so helpful. I mean, filmmaking, big risky business. How does Syntiletic help manage all of that risk?
1: And that's a great question. I mean, you're right. The film industry is a very risky business and it has a couple of reasons. The biggest reason is that it's traditionally very transparent. So it's very relationship-driven and there's hardly any use of data or, let's say, neutral insights when a film is put together.
0: So you can have the most amazing movie idea in the world, but if you don't have a connection inside the industry, it's hard to get that idea off the ground. And... It, this is kind of reflective when you look at the independent industry,
1: because in the end there are two different industries. There's a the studio industry, and the studios are able to um, commercialize their film in other products such as you know, partnerships with Kellogg's to, put their, to create figurines that go into, into, in, into, into the consumer market. You can sell to kids, so they don't, they don't just have to rely on film revenues.
0: So big studios have the bucks to put out huge marketing campaigns to fill up the theater seats, or at least get those streaming partners. Smaller companies don't have that luxury. I continue a
1: statistic about Sundance. Every year, Sundance is the biggest U.S. film festival that happens in January every year. And companies, film companies send their films there. Every year, around $3 billion worth of films apply to Sundance. But the whole market for these films in the U.S. is only $100 million. And there you see that this balance that you only see with data.
0: That's incredible. It means that at least $200 million worth of films that apply to Sundance don't even make the cut. So, Tobias, how does Syntelectic get in there and help?
1: It not only provides the data that's necessary, it creates insights. So now, when you put a film together, you can, by using the data and the AI to crunch the numbers, you can forecast how much this film will make or what the best release strategy is or how to change the film to make it more successful. So all these factors can be influenced as early as script stage.
0: Necessary. Your system steps in and nips some problems right in the bud. So traditionally
1: happens at some days. a lot of films get produced a lot of money spent three billion then a few get picked and then as mentioned before 90 percent of, of films may never see an audience only these 10 percent make it to theaters and this 90 percent is a giant waste of money and time and it's, it's sad to see it as you know a film that's you know a, a lot of creative thinking went in it's just being lost and nobody seeing it
0: so you're saying an ai system can help a movie studio iron out the kinks before they even start filming
1: and so how we can help with this is that our system can help with the business case of a film. And that means if you want to understand your film better as a product and how best to find an audience, how best to bring it to the market, that's what our system can help with. So it basically can help with films actually finding their audience and making a film that's not only creatively but also financially successful.
0: So let's look at the big picture. I'm curious about how widespread this is. I mean, how many studios actually use AI programs? Is it a widespread practice or is it more of a niche thing? Give us some perspective.
1: So, in the film industry, we're only at the beginning of the AI use. Pretty much every company that's successful uh, out, out in the world today is using AI one form or another, and it helps them to win.
0: I love to win. How does AI help them win?
1: Because it's just what happened in the last 20 years, much more data became available, any kind of data, whether it's data about your customers, about what people, people say on the Internet. So you can use this data to form your business case and make, create a stronger business for yourself. And the film industry, that hasn't happened yet.
0: So this is the first time the film industry has an extremely detailed pool of data to draw from. And that makes sense.
1: So I can't speak for every studio. So we have studio clients that we work with and I can't speak for the other studios, but as far as we know, there's, there's very limited use. We are one of the few companies that offers an, an AI tool.
0: Let's talk about forecasting tools. You guys have a program that can predict a movie's global revenue, but the tool does a lot more than that.
1: The important part is that we don't only really predict box office, but we also predict the home video and TV revenue. So we predict a full global revenues for every film out there basically or you know, whatever film a studio or independent film companies but we don't do it ourselves we are a software company so we build a solution that our users whether it's studio or the film companies they can do this prediction of themselves and they can run their own projects within the system
0: okay i get it syntellactic doesn't run the numbers it just gives the studios the tools they need to succeed i like that it reminds me of that old saying give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day Teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. Isn't that right? We, as a
1: software company, don't run these. What I can say from a couple of you know projects that we ran for as a back test, our predictive forecasting accuracy is 86% plus. So we are 86% plus accurate in forecasting the financial numbers, including boxes, home video, and TV.
0: So when you guys ran the prediction tool to see how much a movie would make, you were at least 86% accurate. That's really good. Let me put that into context for all of our listeners. Let's say you're a movie studio and you want to see how much money your film could rake in. If you use this tool, you'll get a realistic idea of how much money you'll make. I bet that would give a lot of people some peace of mind because it's really expensive to make a movie.
1: But it's really down to our users to use it and and run it.
0: So the success will vary about how you use the tool. But I want to talk more about the tests that you guys ran. Can you give me an example? Which movies did you guys examine?
1: So, for example, the film Joker, that was, you know, regarded as very risky when it was put together early on. And that's why the the studio sold 50% of the rights to an external financier.
0: I sure can believe the studio thought it was a risky movie. Did you guys remember when that film came out? There were tons of articles warning people not to see it in the theaters, talking about danger and all of that. Then it wound up being a total smash hit.
1: Have you seen what it's like out there, Murray? Do you ever actually leave the studio? Everybody just yells and screams at each other. Nobody's still anymore. Nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy.
0: So, Syntelectic ransom test to analyze the Joker's box office potential. And what did you find?
1: Our system was predicting... That film has a very strong film from the get go. So it has definitely helped to assure the studio to not sell the rights because it showed that this will, in its, in its, in it, how it was put together with this director and with this genre and the talent and whatever it was, the DC comic IP that was behind it, that it will do very well.
0: I'll say The Joker made one billion dollars at the box office. Right now, it's the highest grossing R rated movie. And this is really
1: what it's all about really to bring in a more methodical risk framework into the industry that allows anyone that finances, produces content, such as a studio or an independent company, manage their risk and A, have a good risk framework to, to make original content that doesn't have an IP, to understand what the right budget is, what the right release strategy is, and how much it will make, and also help the studios to inform the decisions in a much quicker way.
0: And all this thanks to the magic of machine learning.
1: This is really what our system brings us a benefit. It's more accurate forecasting and much a faster, much faster way to work. It speeds up the workflow by like 10 times.
0: See, that's exactly what I was talking about with Bob. These programs can make your job so much easier. Now, Tobias, let me ask you this. Is it true that AI systems can lead us to a more fresh, new, maybe diverse movies?
1: So the great thing about our system is it's basically built as a prototyping system. So as you will know, the audience probably well knows, in the last couple of years, a lot of students resorted to IP-based content. I mean, the focus is on prequels and sequels and, and, and superhero-based content because, you know, um, it gave students a certainty there's, that there, there, there's, a, there's an audience already there. They don't have to create that audience.
0: It really does feel like we're living in the age of reboots. I mean, turn on any streaming platform and you'll see a new take on an old idea. Just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of The Craft. It was a 90s movie about witches that just got a facelift this year. And speaking of witches, any fans of the writer Roald Dahl listening in? Most famous for James and the Giant Peach. So he wrote a book called The Witches that was made into a 90s movie. You guessed it, the reboot just came out this year on HBO. I wonder, what's with all the witchy reboots? <laughs> Basically, film studios tend to play it safe by banking on IP or intellectual property. But AI programs like the Syntelectic system are helping to buck the trend.
1: The great thing about how we build the system, it's actually built on our AI, it's like a prototyping engine. And so we can dissect film in different factors, and therefore, it can basically, by inputting the type of film that you're planning, it can be an original idea, you put in the genre, the rating, the key talent involved, you know, whether it's based on any book or not, and then the system will forecast your revenue and provide the, the industry with that risk framework that's necessary to get these often risky original ideas off the ground.
0: Because the people with the money don't want to invest in something if they don't have data proving it's going to make them the money back. Now, this has been fascinating to learn about. Earlier we spoke about how AI can help you when you're editing a movie. Now we're learning about how it can shape a movie's success before it's even made. And we're seeing some incredible diverse content coming out. I mean, think about Crazy Rich Asians. Have you ever heard of that movie? Well, it was a blockbuster with millions poured into it. And we've never seen anything like it before. At least, not in Hollywood. Systems, like we've been talking about, can help persuade big-time filmmakers to take more chances. I mean, who knows how many more original movies we'll see in the future. So let's recap. We've learned a lot about how AI can help creative people at work. But what about creative robots? Coming up, we're going to talk about robot writers. If you ever wanted to watch movies directed by machines, well, good news, they're already here. We're going to learn more about the way automated machines are changing Hollywood. I'm not just talking about acting androids. We're also talking about cars, tools, and stuntmen. Yeah, stick around. You're going to get even more Hollywood secrets. Remember what I said about scripts written by robots? Yeah, that wasn't a joke. There are open source programs that you can use to run your own auto-generated movie script. Check out YouTuber Austin McConnell made his own. It seems like every day I hear or see a news story about how artificial intelligence is getting closer and closer to becoming indistinguishable from human beings. And while
1: AI has certainly changed the face of automation, it remains to be seen whether or not it can truly
0: replicate the creative spirit. And this month, I decided to put that idea to the test. So, using an open source AI program, I plugged in several well known stories, like the Harry Potter series. Some Star Wars screenplays, a few Stephen King novels, and even a mediocre young adult book written years ago by yours truly. And after the computer used those to learn how to write, I asked the system to generate its own original tale. The story it wrote is ridiculous. He wasn't kidding. The script he generated had some, well, odd lines. At one point, the narrative says that a character, quote, felt a great sadness fill his nostrils? (laughs) Wow, really? Really? A golden nugget of wordplay right there. The script wasn't very, well, natural. Turns out, this is pretty common with AI authors. But why is this the case? Why are robots so bad at creating believable stories? Luckily, we have Bob Caniglia to break it down. So, Bob, there are tons of people out there teaching AI to make stories. But here's the thing. It seems like so far, bots can only write stories if they have a template to work from. Will we see a future where bots can just, well, maybe write their own movies? I I would say that it's probably possible that that could be done.
2: Whether or not it's something that people will find interesting is another story. You know, there are some movies that use a ton of visual effects and, and whatnot,
0: but it doesn't mean that they're telling a better story. This leads to another question. I was just talking about the way robots write. I mean, you take an advanced program, you upload some of your favorite scripts and stories, and after a while, the bot spits out an original story, a new story. But quite often, maybe far too often, it's just strange. The plots really aren't cohesive. The characters aren't consistent. But why is that, Bob? Why do these bots struggle so much to create good, original stories?
2: Well, I think the reason
0: is because
2: humans aren't as linear as uh, we like to think that we are. And I think that there are so many details that go into it. Can you give me an example? For instance, when you're doing a live production show, so the director will say which camera he wants. Say he's doing the Super Bowl, right? He's got 50 cameras, and he says, Ready Three, take three. And there's a guy that punches the button for that. The reason that has not really gone to an automated voice activated system is because too many times the director says, ready three, take one, right? Well, that doesn't compute really to a computer. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, you said ready three. And then when you said take, I anticipated that you meant three. And yet you said one. And that doesn't work because it doesn't work. Right. And so I think that's the thing. There are too many things that we we tend as humans we do things that don't make a lot of sense. So the AI probably struggles to create that difference that
0: that they're looking for. And the difference you're referring to, does that just mean robots struggle to recognize the makings, the components of a good story? Well, right, that's the thing.
2: I mean, you would program robots to understand if an inter- if something was introduced to their environment that was difficult. Like for instance, when they have automated cars, you have the sensors looking for things that are out of normal so that they can write a correction. But what they're not doing is moving the car into a different lane just because they think it might be happening. So stories that are told on film and and in television have unique changes That are unexpected. How do you anticipate that? And if you're trying to program for something like that, where you're just going to make a misdirection, that doesn't really work. I mean, it's similar to like comedy. You can't just say to everyone, oh, well, every joke has a misdirection. Well, that's not really true. So there's really no definitive things. And what makes things funny is also dependent upon
0: the people that watch it. That's right. Context is key. So we've talked a bit about how AI can't recognize a compelling story. So let's go the other way. What kind of stories do AI programs tend to tell? They, they assume, you know, I would think
2: that because they're using intelligence of, well, normally this is what happens, but no one really makes television or movies that's about normal. You know, no one just follows me for the day to watch me come to my office, go get a sandwich, come back into my office, eat my sandwich. I mean, that's not a show.
0: <laughs> you say that, but there are lots of influencers making big bucks vlogging their daily lives. For instance, have you ever heard of mukbangs? It's just a video of a person, well, eating food. For some reason, it's a huge trend. I mean, people have become famous just by eating and sharing these videos online. (laughs) What a weird world. But jokes aside, you bring up a great point. Robots learn through patterns, repetitions. They need to understand what normal is to make a story. So their stories, I guess, well, tend to be married to that idea of normalcy. Like you were saying. In AI stories, characters wake up, they brush their teeth, they eat their sandwiches, and so on. Not exactly riveting drama.
2: Right. Now, they might be able to write that with AI, but that I think that's the reason is there's too many things that are unexpected. It's difficult. I mean, actors and, and directors have difficulty communicating with each other, trying to get certain emotions, and they've seen them all and they understand it, but it's difficult to put it on film. And I can't imagine that would also be a struggle for for AI.
0: That's a good point. Actors have to work very closely with their directors. But what if an AI program didn't really have to do all that? What if an AI could direct its own movie all by itself? I want to tell you about a movie called Zone Out. Get this. It was written and directed entirely by an AI. The company, ARS Technica, built a program that named itself Benjamin. They fed it hundreds of screenplays and public domain movies. They also hired actors who stood in front of green screens and made different expressions for the AI to use. Benjamin just sucked in all this data. Then, 48 hours later, he spat out an original movie. Here's a clip. This is business. I'm here to help you in six months. I don't understand. That's enough. This is incredible. What do you mean? Perhaps something has been blocked off by the contagion. Why don't you tell me what you say is true, that the human being will be able to reinforce the destruction of a human being? I'm on my way. Eerie, isn't it? And if you watch the film, the cinematography is nice. The dialogue and the screen direction is, well, it doesn't make sense. But that's not even the strangest part. That would be the actors' faces, because the AI imposed new faces over old movies. The faces flicker whenever an actor moves their heads. It's really bizarre seeing characters just constantly glitch out. So this was written and directed entirely by an AI. But let's say a person writes their own script. Then they feed it into an AI to generate a movie. I wonder if that could be helpful. It's not perfect. But I wonder if this could be a way for new filmmakers to visually understand what they're working with. Maybe it could help them see the problems with their script, their storylines. What do you think of that, Bob? Could a robot have more success making a movie if the script is written by a human being?
2: Well, you could get some help in terms of how to lay out a scene or maybe how to anticipate where the camera angles. But the actual direction of the film is there are so many two-way conversations and interpretation of the script that I don't understand I don't see how that could happen now look anything's possible I didn't think a lot of things would be possible and and here we are today but that said I think that the if you talk to directors directors will tell you that and and it's different for them on each experience because it depends on the actors it depends on the story and it depends on how much they really need to sometimes they don't have to pull out the story out of the actor. The actor gets it, they know the story, and they just do it. And other times they have to go in and they have to find a different way to get the emotion that they want out of
0: them. And I don't under, I don't see how, how AI would be able to figure all of that out. That's great to keep in mind. I mean, scenes can completely change depending on an actor's performance. So even if you write down your own script, you may not get a good visual idea by just using an AI program. So maybe somebody
2: could write an A.I. script that and they make the movie and some people will like it and some people won't. But that's true of every story. I just think it's difficult for it to come up with the compelling changes that occur in a in a typical film.
0: Right now, I want to pivot to what you could call an atypical film. There's a movie in the making called B, which is going to star an android named Erica. I'm hoping you can explain how this is even possible in the first place. Is this something that we can expect to see more of, say, robot actors taking up our movie screens?
2: You know, it's it's very adventurous for someone to take tackle that project. But if I were a movie studio, I wouldn't start to think that, uh, you know, in five years, we're just not going to have to hire actors. We'll just have robots do it because I don't I'm not so sure how many people will signing up to, to watch those.
0: I find it hard to believe that an Android actor could be as good as, say, some of our top tier actors.
2: But it is interesting. Now, in the past, we've had there, there's been lots of stories of robots in movies, but obviously there's humans behind them and voices and things like that. But I'm interested to see it myself. I just and I and I can see it being used in certain ways. But I, it'll be interesting to see how the AI actor is able to pull off different emotions and changes that need to occur. You know, facial expressions, all of those things. It'll be interesting to see for sure.
0: Now I want to move on. I want to ask you about Android stunt actors. I've heard that Disney is making robotic stunt performers. Check out this insider clip.
1: Disney has created robot acrobats that perform high-flying stunts, sticking a perfect landing every single time. These stuntronics are autonomous, self-correcting, and remarkably human-like.
0: So Bob, what's your take? Can we expect to see Android stuntmen in the future? Well, yeah, so that, that
2: could be possible, especially if you're doing car crashes where the cars themselves could be used. You know, they could be driven remotely with all the new, you know, auto driving type stuff. And then if you're able to put a realistic skin on the face of the robot so much so that, that you know, you, that probably shouldn't be that difficult to, uh, to do that then you could see some pretty interesting stunts that would be obviously realistic because it would go through the full aspect of the stunt but not hurt the actor, obviously.
0: It all ties back to supporting creatives instead of suppressing them. It's common for people to feel worried about their jobs being automated. It happens all the time, years after years. But these machines exist to make our lives easier. So whether you're an actor, stuntman, or a woman, or a sound artist... You don't have to worry right now. This is especially true for writers. Sure, you see tweets and YouTube videos about writing, but hopefully this podcast has shown you that we still very, very much need you, the human writers involved.
2: I think at the end of the day, there still needs to be that human interaction on a, on a level that provides the story that other humans are going to enjoy. I don't think we'll get to a point where robots are creating things for robots because they don't seem to really care.
0: And, of course, we're not going to see entertainment made for robots. I mean, just listen to this conversation between two Cornell University chatbots.
1: Yes, you are a robot, and your name is Cliff Herbert. I
2: am a robot.
1: Yes, I know. Together we are robots. I'm not a robot. I'm a unicorn. But you said earlier that you were a robot. I did not. I thought you did. You were mistaken, which is odd, since memory shouldn't be a problem for you.
2: I've answered all your questions. No, you haven't. What is God? Are you?
1: Not everything.
2: Not everything could also be something. For example, not everything could be half of something, which is still something, and therefore not nothing.
0: They really don't seem to get along very well. I can't imagine machines could ever be capable of writing stories to impress each other. So what do you think about all this AI? Have you noticed some of the experimental techniques that the movie studios are using? Or has it just opened your eyes to the way that Hollywood magic is being made now? Either way, I know that I'm excited. Please let us know what you thought and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps new listeners find us. And here's my takeaway. Anything is possible when movies and tech just intersect, but who knows what could happen in the future. But for now, let me leave you with just a word of comfort. AI programs are incredibly helpful, creative things, but bots aren't anywhere near taking over jobs in the movie business. And I want to give a big thank you to our guests today, Bob Canegliaga and Tobias Questler. Thanks so much for taking time to share your thoughts with us on this incredible topic. So insightful. And I also want to thank Serena O'Sullivan. She's been a freelance producer for us, but she officially joined the team full time. Yay, Serena. This is the first episode she made. So big shout out, big props goes to Serena. And a big thank goes out to Mike James and Cassidy Taylor. You both do amazing work behind the scenes. And thanks to you, our listeners, because if you didn't listen, well, at least I know my mother would. So now cut. I'm Kim Commando. And again, thank you.